having a vision that is so strong for your life that no matter how many times you do fail, that you keep getting up, keep believing in yourself, keep believing in the vision of what you're creating. And just saying, I haven't figured it out yet, instead of it doesn't work. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's jam-packed episode, we have Alicia St. Germain. Her family's been investing in real estate since the 1990s, and she has trained over 10 thousand real estate entrepreneurs. What we discuss on today's episode is all about leadership and what skills you need to take your business to the next level. And it doesn't really matter if you don't have a team yet. Developing your leadership skills will contribute for you to grow your business, your portfolio, and yourself. Before we get into Alicia's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. Heard it once said, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And we are back because we stand for women taking control of their financial freedom today. And that's why we take a holistic approach to not just real estate investing, but business and self-care. And that's why I'm so excited to have Alicia St. Germain on our show today. We're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to talk about business and how women can grow, grow authentically. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for everything you do for our community, our Strive Mentorship Program, and just being you. So thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So you have trained over 10,000 real estate entrepreneurs, which is just an incredible number. And you've seen a lot of commonalities amongst the ones that rise to the top as leaders. So what differentiates a successful leader from someone who's not? Okay. So top things I would say is number one, they have a really healthy relationship with failure and they don't attach it to what they're making it mean about themselves. So it's really part of the process and the journey of learning. 
Um, the second thing is they know what they know. So they have what I call humility. A lot of times women were taught to be humble. And I used to think it was all about being humble, which means being small. And what I really realized is that it's about humility. It's knowing what you know and, and appreciating the value that you bring, but also understanding that you have things to learn from other people and that you're not better than other people. So it's a sense of humility and willingness to learn from others, I think is a big, a big one that stands out in my head. Um, and then the third thing is resilience. Uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of goes with that healthy relationship of uh, risk failure, but like having a vision that is so strong for your life that no matter how many times you do fail, that you keep getting up, keep believing in yourself, keep believing in the vision of what you're creating and just saying, I haven't figured it out yet instead of it doesn't work. Uh, no one just is going to beat me to the punch. There's so much to unpack there, right, Anjessa? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where should we take it? I, I, know. I, I heard this another day, and I think that that is the completely true. Um, this person said, real estate has nothing to do about houses. Real estate is a mindset game, and all the all the three points that you just made, our thoughts can go one way or another. So the the mindset of a successful investor, how he or she or they approach what happens, it's what is going to make a difference. I was, uh, this concept about taking responsibility, right? Because when people say, oh, this contractor move, uh, move away and stole my, my whatever. And I lost X amount of dollars. I don't trust people, yada, yada, yada. And then when, when we ask them, okay, what part you want to take responsibility for? And then people hear, are you saying that that was my fault that this person stole from me? When we say take responsibility, if you look at the word responsibility, there is the word response. So think about it. When we are asking all of you that are listening, what part you take responsibility for, we are asking how you're going to respond to what is happening. And I think that that's a summary of what you just said, Alicia, because the way people respond to whatever is the situation is going to determine their success. But here's the kicker. Our brain is like a money uh, money machine. That would be great. Huh? Like <laughs> It's like a machine that makes meaning of things. We make meaning of things and make stories uh, of things. What would you say is, is a way or is a secret to get out of our own head and then be that way. Yeah. Oh, I love this question because uh, one of the things I wrote down that I wanted to talk today about is like this concept of being a victim versus being responsible, just like what you're talking about. And so if we shift, if you shift from thinking about things happening to you, to either circumstances, like it's a neutral circumstance. This is something that happened. And now how am I going to respond 
to this or even going further how is this happening for me like if you started looking at everything that's happening around you as there to teach you and mold you and help you learn to become the person who's capable of holding your vision who's who's capable of creating it like what would what would you find instead of how is it that this is happening to me? And I think that's a really big distinction. That's incredible, right? Like just that thought in itself, because, and I feel like that's the first conversation I had with you, Alicia, when we met was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me break this down. So shifting from happening to me to responding with choice mindfully is really what you're saying. By doing that, what is the result What's the result of that? Like, and I, and I'd love to get an example because you've worked with so many of our strive men, uh, uh, mentees and you've seen firsthand and same with me and Andressa, the, the, the shift, right? I, I'd love to get specific though. Why is that shift so important? First off. So here's one of the really fascinating things that, um, there was a woman who, uh, had been struggling to buy her first properties, uh, for quite some time. And then, she had done a lot of inner work to really dig down into why she was struggling. And it really came down to, she believed that without putting a lot of pressure on herself, she wouldn't create a certain result. And so she ended up having a, a two opportunities to buy properties. And one was very stressful and did not work out well for her. And the other one was very easy and progressing rather well. And so we compared the two, right? The one that was really difficult for her. And what we found is that, and I always find that you're always given opportunities to really learn what you're here, what you need to learn and to create that breakthrough. And sometimes it has to happen in a way that's a little painful. Like you're going to keep getting the lesson and it's going to keep getting bigger and it's going to keep getting more painful until you get it. And so when we compare the two, what she realized is she was really attached to what was happening with one property. Like she, she had a story that like, I, it takes me a long time to trust people. So she waited a long time before she did it business with this person. And then she was, so she had a relationship with them and then she was, um, just really wanting this deal to work out. So there was a lot of pressure around it. And then the other deal was like, okay, it has to be these numbers. I'm not budging on it. Uh, I have to find contractors who do it for this price, you know, like all the things she, she was like, and if it's not, if it doesn't fit my criteria, I'm not doing it. And it wasn't even someone she knew. She didn't even buy it from someone she had known for a long time. She's like, I just got a really good feel for it. So she was trusting herself first. Right. And so what she found was like, when she realized, number one, this deal that happened that didn't go well for her was really there to show her evidence that when I put pressure on myself and when I believe that it takes me a long time to trust me, people and when all of these, you know, when I control everything in a way that pushes it, it doesn't necessarily work out better for me. And so it gave her evidence that, huh, maybe there's a possibly a different way that I can think about things. So when I say everything's happening for you, it's like unpacking 
how that deal that didn't go well for you actually made you smarter, made you stronger, helped you go to the next level in how you see yourself and what's possible for you. I want to just clarify one thing here because we we have been saying the word story and I want to make sure that everybody that is listening here, we're, we're speaking the same language. So when we say story, we're not saying something that you just made it up like a fairy tale or anything. Your story is your version, your perspective of what happened. And in fact, the truth have so many different ways, right? So we have many stories about one single uh, event. And one of the stories that many people believe, right, is that leadership I am not a leader until I have a team of people under my belt. And they believe that. And many of them say, actually, I am not a good leader. Even if I don't have a team, I'm not going to, I, I don't know. I'm not good at managing people uh, because they believe that is babysitting. Uh, I am, I don't have the patient. I don't have the skill set as a quote-unquote justification for them to continue being solopreneurs and doing everything themselves. So I want to tackle that right now. When people think about leadership, why they should, quote-unquote, take in consideration learning leadership skills, even if they don't have a single person on their team? Such a good question. Uh, so I think the confusion comes from corporate, right? A majority of people are trained in life to go to work, get a good job, work for the rest of your life, you know, that old mindset. And when I think of leadership and I don't know that this is the the what the first people th the first thing people think about is it's not something you do, it's a way of being. It's how you lead yourself and manage your mind, how you lead your vision, how you lead your children, how you lead your business. It's a way of being and it starts from the inside in you and it bleeds out from there. So we talk about people being a mirror for what's inside you. So if your perception, we talked about stories being a perception, if your perception is that, you know, everybody's, it all, it never works out for me. Everybody's out to get me or, you know, like a contractor always, you know, uh, lets me down or I've tried to hire people before and, um, you know, that I can't find good people. The question is, who are you being that is attracting that type of person to you? That's leadership. That's very powerful, right? Because it is, we do in, in training in corporate, it's a title. It's used as a title. You're a leader and that's just what you are versus who you're being. So starting with leading yourself, you know, and you have women listening, right? They want to grow. They want to expand they, their portfolios and they're like, hold on. I, I, what I, I don't even care about being a leader. I just want to, I want to, I want to add more doors to my portfolio. Talk to me about how. In order for me to grow my portfolio, why is it so important that I need to 
unpack leading myself? And what does that look like? Here's a prime example. Um, We will block more doors coming to people will block more doors coming to them unconsciously, not even knowing it. If there is something about your capacity to take on more, right? Like my plate is already so full it and unconsciously your brain knows like, Hey, if we take on more, then it's going to sacrifice more of our values. So there's a self-protection piece that comes up. And so it's really diving in and looking at the places that you get triggered, the places that you get scared. It's owning and having compassion. I think that's a really big word that needs to be brought up here is having compassion for yourself, your shadow self, like the sides of you that maybe you're not the most proud of, the sides of you that... um you know, they exist oftentimes out of self-protection at a point in your life. And there's a point where they no longer serve you. So you can be, you can have shame about it. You can hide from it. You can tell yourself, you know, I'm not a good leader or I, I don't want to manage people, right? You're putting that outside of you like, oh, but I don't want to deal with people's stuff. But the truth is whatever your trigger is or whatever your fears are, that's the way through and you'll block more coming in because you don't have the capacity. For all of you that are like me, you're like, I want to snap out of whatever it is that is holding me back that I'm not even conscious about. My question to you, Alicia, is, is it possible to do this inner work on our own? And what are the pros and cons of having people surround you? surrounding myself with other people because I might not even know what it is, this thing that is holding me back. I might not even be aware that I am saying things, being things, and that is how people perceive me as this person that is doing X, Y, and Z, but that's not how I see it. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, right? You come from a community, like investor, it's a community of doers. Like we're just going to do, do, do. We're going to, you know, I'm going to follow the strategy. I'm going to do the thing. and I'm going to have the success magically. And we know it takes more than that, but that's what we're taught is just do the thing. What happens is we skip over journaling, meditation, some of the things that seem fluffy Because having to sit still is so uncomfortable for some people. A lot of people that I talk to and have coached, it's uncomfortable because it feels like laziness. It feels like you're not accomplishing something. But really taking the time to tend to where it shows up in your body. Uh, So it could be in your stomach, in your heart, in your shoulders. Noticing the tensions and the discomfort in your body is first because the body knows. And then really being reflective, whether that looks like journaling or thinking, I come up with my best breakthroughs in the shower. You know, for a lot of people, it it could be driving. I do think there's value in doing certain things yourself because that's where the reflection happens. However, in the Strive community, like one of the things that I, I coach them to do in your community is, uh, they have accountability groups. And so they come up with 
how they want to show up as a leader, who they want to be, what they want to see reflected in their reality. And then they're taught how to give each other feedback because we all have blind spots and we don't always know when we're in our stuff that we're in our stuff. So teaching people how to receive feedback and how to give feedback, I think is really the value in having it more structured in, in a community where we're creating a culture, we're creating a, a way of helping each other and supporting each other. And then the next level, right, is working with someone who's a coach or skilled in it. And they can even ask the right questions and go to the next level with you. And even like the feedback from, from my client was with the two houses was, oh, I never even looked at comparing the two until you, you had that conversation with me. So there's lots of levels that you can go to. And I think they're all necessary, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's what I, I live and breathe, right? It's and. Yeah. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? And 500 of those women will be at InvestorCon 2024. It is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestorCon's not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care, all designed to help you take control of your financial future. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with women who are playing at the same level. Time is running out. You just have four weeks left to get your ticket. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today. Use a code 100 podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100 podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Alicia, so first step, because you know, the woman listening, okay, I, I get this, I get the value of it, but they like the steps, right? They like the mm-hmm. kind of specifics. So being aware of where what's happening in your body, what where are you finding tension, right? Where are you getting kind of triggered? And another way to trigger is where you're getting uh, frustrated, right? I mean, that's another fair fair way or simpler way to, to say that. Where is it showing up for you? Getting reflective. Tell, walk me through then the next step around the the getting of feedback. You know, what mm-hmm. does that look like? To, to you know, what would you suggest to a woman listening and saying, "Yeah, I'd love to get some feedback from who, when, how." That's a things. lie. 
<laughs> That's a lie. Don't you guys think it's a freaking lie? Yeah, I want to give feedback. Give me feedback on the stuff that I suck at, right? Not feedback. No, Mr. only good all the feedback. <laughs> Not the bad ones. So here's the, the, I will remember the first time I, when I really started to dive into getting feedback myself and understanding the value of it and all the things I made, you know, it mean about myself. Um, I, I did an exercise where I went to my husband and I just asked them, like, where do you think that I get in my way? And what do you think I could do better? What would, uh, you know, what would you change? And my job was <laughs> I could only listen. <gasps> I could only listen. I wasn't allowed to respond. I wasn't allowed to defend. And he was so uncomfortable because he was like, like, number one, why are you not responding? And I told him ahead of time, like, I can't respond. And then I felt horrible. Like it felt so crappy to get the feedback. And uh, he was like talking about how, like, I would like to be in control of everything. And like, he doesn't do certain things because I, and I'm thinking, I don't know that that's true for me. (laughs) Right. So I had to go take a shower and then I cried. So my point is stepwise is get the feedback, but be committed to not responding to it immediately. And then you are going to have an emotional reaction first. Emotions are only designed to stay in your body for 90 seconds. So then they have to be reaffirmed by a thought. And so I either have a reaffirming thought or I have a cycle breaking thought. And so wait, what went, is a cycle breaking thought? So it's choosing something different, like the lesson moving from I'm a victim of getting this feedback. Who are they to, you know, being defensive or how, how is it that this person is having this experience of me? How, how is it that they are seeing me? How can I see it through their eyes? And so it's really unpacking when you're getting feedback is, okay, how is this true for this person? question about feedback. Do you think that without asking, we're getting feedback every day, right? Because what we put out there, that's that's what we get. We get feedback from our neighbors, from our dog, from our kids, from our business partners, from the universe. We get feedback at all times. I think the key is like how are how aware are we from the feedback? And I think that many women are on the go, go, go at all times. And they are not having scheduling time to quiet their mind and observe because the feedback, it is super valuable. And I think it's, it's like refeeding it to you. Okay. It's working. Continue or it's not working. I am showing the red flags and you're still continuing it. It's going to come harder and harder. Until you're like, whoa, what just happened? I didn't see that. Yeah, honey, you didn't see it because it didn't stop. Because that was not the first time that that showed up. So for the women that are listening it and they're like, wait, hold on. Okay, tell me step by step. Or how can I be aware? Because that's not a muscle that is a default to me. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's the feeling first. Wow. It's the physical reaction. And then it's the, um, what am I feeling about this? And for some people, this is really hard 
to get to the feeling because they just have been taught to shove the feeling down. And eventually that wall of feelings is going to get so high, it's going to get harder to get up over that wall. Did they need to name the emotion? Do you think that's helpful? I do. But if you are familiar with Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, I think that's a great, if you are someone who has a hard time with their feelings, that's a great book for you to read because she's going to give you a lot of nuances of all the different names of feelings. Because we can only name three emotions in the moment, according to her research, which is happy, sad, and angry. But there are so many nuances. So if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of names for feelings, I think that that that's a really great starting point. Um, Name the feeling. When's the first time I felt this way? So knowing the origin, thinking about the origin of the feeling and, and where did this come from? What am I thinking? And what am I making this mean about myself? Alicia, in in the work that we've done with you and the work that I see you do with our Strive members, why is that so important in order to grow something on the outside, right? Why is that so important? Why is that inner work so important? I'll ask you. What what, what about that makes it so critical for our growth? Like I just, that's a big one. So it's going to, number one, you're only going to grow to the capacity that you can hold. So if you can't emotionally handle more, your body will looks at emotions as, as red flags. And almost create that self-sabotage. Yeah, exactly. Secondly, uh, sometimes I see people create a lot of success on the outside, right? And then when you look behind the scenes, they are burning through team members like wildfire. And so it takes a lot of energy for you as a person that is growing a business and looking to build a support team around you if you are constantly burning through people and having to retrain and rehire. That's a very expensive and timely process to have to do it all the time. So if you are really aware that your emotions are yours and other people's emotions are theirs, and you're really solid in what your values are, who you are, how you want to show up, what you want to create, then it's a lot easier for you to support other people around you. But if you're just managing people, which is what a lot of people confuse it with, like I have to manage everyone, I am responsible for their happiness, I am responsible for everything, and not holding other people responsible because you're worried about what they'll think of you, then you burn through people. And that's that's one of the things that's the most heartbreaking for me to see because we're talking about human lives. And I think we rise together. And that's your responsibility is to do the work to be a better human so you can help other people be the best that they can be. I think for from the past, I believe, five years, as as Liz and I have been building um, the real estate investor community, I usually say we dirt when it comes down to building teams, right? In the sense of we had to grow as leaders the same the same time that we were scaling our our business, and there were some points that we we're like, wow how I didn't see that or, well, clearly I didn't give the right expectations. So how this person would give what I am asking uh, to do or 
geez, this person is, why did I hire this person to be on this seat? It's not a match at all for that person and neither for the company. It's like a loss, not a win-win to anybody. So throughout this journey, I think that what we were looking at, that work that I want to share with everybody that is, is listening, it's exactly what Alicia is talking since the beginning, right? We look at the stuff that did not work. And then we look internally and say, okay, me as a leader, what part I take responsibility for? What do I, what did I learn from this situation that happened? And what can we implement moving forward? And then from a leadership team, okay, we are shaking hands on this is what it is. And we are going to adapt as we go along based on our needs, based on the culture. What is our culture? What do we stand for truly? What do we no longer tolerate? How can we hold people accountable? I am not interested in babysitting anybody. I have one son, one son only, right? So I have no interest in babysitting people. So how can we implement the vision? And it's, it's, it's been a, a great journey. And for all of you right now, they're like, I'm so frustrated. I want to just fire everybody and just go to, you know, sell coconuts at the beach. I've been there. I've been there. But I think that there is a lot of hope when you really step into not being the one that is going to resolve everything. I shared something with Tessa. Tessa is our head of operations. I share something with her because she is managing a team right now. And I said, is this quick thing called one, three, one. So when everybody comes to you to talk about something, one challenge that you're going to be focusing on, and then you're going to ask them to provide three possible solutions. And then the third thing, which is the number one is like, what are out of the three solutions they're going to recommend, right? And then you're out of the picture and stop being the thinker. And I think that my question to you, Alicia, is that another misconcept about leadership is that they believe that they need to be the smartest one, the ones that know all the answers and how I'm going to be able to lead that person without I don't know how to build uh, systems and processes and CRMs. How am I going to lead that person? So how can we overcome those limiting beliefs? So number one, <laughs> the people at the top, right? They're not the smartest people in the room. But sometimes we, I think, think of it this way. Sometimes you lead from the front. Sometimes you lead from the side. And sometimes you lead from behind. And so I, more than anything, a leader believes in their team believes they are doing their best. I love what you said about what's working and what's not working. When we look at what's not working, how do we close the gap? And instead of making it someone like, I, I, I love getting rid of shame, blame and, and fault and guilt and all, you know, all of those things, because it's really about what do we not know yet that's going to close this gap. So being creating a space for people to be able to figure it out and grow and you having control of their emotion of your emotions to a place where they're not afraid to make mistakes is going to make such a supportive environment for people to thrive 
So I think it's really knowing yourself enough to know, like, you don't know, have to know everything, like looking for those conversations. I think sometimes people have that perfectionism, the imposter syndrome, all the the things that they do to cover up that they don't know. And you don't have to know. Nobody knows everything. You just have to know who to ask. You just have to know how to see the gifts in other people and to be so secure in yourself that it, it's okay if somebody else is smart too. I love that, Alicia. And I think what's what's coming up for me that I, I want to make a, a point of for everyone listening is everything everything we've been talking about around mindset shift and who we are as a leader and how we're showing up. You've been very, very intentional with the language that the women are saying to themselves, not yet. You, you've said a few times, not yet. And I just want to reiterate, you know, as a, as an action item or just something that, that to be mindful of as, as you take from this episode is start watching what you're saying. It's really simple. It's really simple. It, it's amazing what we say to the world happens, right? Wrong, good, bad. So I love that you're, not yet is going to be something I start doing more incorporating into my language. Alicia, this has been great. And we appreciate you so much, uh, you know, be, being a leader in our community, being a leader for our Strive members. They're, they're so lucky to have you every month coaching them. So where can uh, the ladies listening learn more about you? So my company is called The Conscious Edge. You can go to my website, ConsciousEdge.com. And uh, you can learn more about what we do in our coaching. Uh, we we do, I do some support coaching and strive. And then anybody who's looking to do deep inner work, like the real heavy lifting, we do that over in the conscious edge. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Alicia is what's the most powerful book you ever read? The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. It's the red one and it's just a great way to live. I read it continuously and practice. Did you guys hear that? Read and practice. That's mm-hmm. it. The, the practice is, is what it is all about, right? Second question. What is the most transformational routine that you do to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you. Prioritizing sleep. I'm not always great at it. Uh, it's not something that comes natural to me. So I am always tending to my sleep and asking myself the question every night when I feel like I want to keep going. Is can, can this be done tomorrow morning? So I think that's huge because when we are well-rested, it's so much easier to manage your mind. Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? That is so tough. I do have to say my mom. I would not be where I am today without my mom. And I have learned so much from her and learned about myself um, in processing our relationship. And so definitely my mom. Leisha, thank you so much for being you, sharing your wisdom and, and being on today's show. We, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it.
And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao. 